this is Malama Live. So we're here and we're gonna go over Revelation 17. The Scarlet Woman and the Scarlet Beast is where we're going to begin. But let's just do a recap. We started with Revelation 4, the throne room of heaven. And then we moved on to the Lamb taking the scroll. And then in Revelation 6, we got to the first seal. And actually in Revelation 6, we went through six of the seven seals. And then in seven, we had the seal of Israel. Eight is when we get to the prelude of the seven trumpets, but that was the seventh seal, right? And then we move on to Revelation 9 where we talk about the locust from the bottomless pit, which actually was the fifth trumpet. So when we look in Revelation 8, we went over the previous trumpets. But then when we get to Revelation 10, we're at the mighty angel, um, the little book. In Revelation 11, we're the two witnesses. Hmm. And Revelation 12 was the woman, the dragon, uh, and the child. Revelation 13 had the beast from the sea, as well as the beast from the earth. So in Revelation 14, it was the lamb and the 144,000. Revelation 15 gave us the prelude to the bold judgments, right? So then we got to Revelation 16, and we went over the bold judgments. And surprisingly, we went through all seven of them in one chapter. So now join me for today when we do The Scarlet Woman and the Scarlet Beast. And then the great thing about that is it also gives us the meaning of the woman and the beast. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Malama Line and we're here we're discussing the Scarlet Woman and the Scarlet Beast. I am reading from the New King James Version, as I have in the past several weeks, I believe. All right, so let's just get right into it. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which were full of names of blasphemy 
having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations of the filthiness of her fornication, and on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Mind you, this is John that's seeing these visions. Okay. So now here we go to the meaning of the woman and the beast. But the angel said to me, why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which was, sorry, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. We'll get to it. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as king with the beasts. These are of one mind and they will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them for he is Lord of lords and king of kings and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful then he said to me the waters which you saw where the harlots sits are peoples multitudes nations and tongues and the ten horns which you saw on the beast these will hate the harlot make her desolate and naked eat her flesh and burn her with fire for God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled and the woman whom you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth all right it's a lot but we're gonna try to get through this together all right so here we are 
verses one and two. So one of the seven angels basically invites John to witness the judgment of the great harlot, right? So this is a great religious and commercial system with headquarters in Rome. Many believe that in chapter 17 that we just gone over describes the religious Babylon in chapter 18, which we will get to, is the commercial aspect of it. Okay, so religious Babylon carries apostate Christendom, both Protestant and Catholic. It may well represent um, the uh, incumbable church. So notice in the description that the harlot is sitting on many waters, controlling great areas of the Gentile world. Now we know Gentiles are ones who are not Jews. The king of the earth have committed fornication with her. She has seduced political leaders with her compromise and intrigued them. The inhabitants of the earth have become drunk with the wine of her fornication. So that's like vast numbers have come under the evil influence and have been reduced to a staggering wretchedness like they're just so full of it that they're drunk with the wine of her fornication right so it's just so beautiful how the bible is written okay so now when we look at verse three verse three the apostate church is seen sitting on the scarlet beast so we have already noted back in chapter 13 that the beast is revived right the roman empire sometimes uh the head of that empire so the beast is full of blasphemous names and has seven heads and ten horns so getting to verse four for a while the false church seems to dominate the empire for a while now she sits on in a full celestial state um, wearing the symbols of her vast wealth and displaying a golden cup full of her idolatry and immorality okay verse 5 a name of mystery is on her forehead babylon the great the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth so this this is the church that has shed the blood of Christian martyrs down through the centuries and is still doing it. She is drunk with their blood, right? Tell me about deep. So now when we get to six, Six talks about where John marveled when he saw the woman intoxicated with the blood of the saints. So this refers to the saints of all eras of church history, but especially the martyrs of Jesus during the tribulation. <laughs> okay, this gets so deep. So now let's go to seven and eight, verses seven and eight of chapter 17. The angel offers to explain to John the mystery of the woman and of the beast. The beast that John saw was the Roman Empire existed in the past. It is not, meaning it broke up and no longer existed as a world empire today. 
And then when it says it will ascend out of the bottomless pit, it will reappear in a particularly diabolical form and go to perdition. That means it will utterly and finally be destroyed. The revival of the empire and the appearance of its charismatic leader will cause the world of unbelievers to marvel. Unbelievers to marvel. It will cause and have the charismatic leader. It will cause the world of the unbelievers to marvel. The people who do not believe in Christ. The ones who have not given their lives to Christ. It will be so charismatic. There you go. Charismatic (laughs) will be this leader. And all of the ones who do not believe in our Messiah. The only Messiah. It will cause them to marvel okay so in verse 9 whereas the angel says that this calls for a mind with wisdom the seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits so basically a traditional interpretation is that the harlot has her headquarters in Rome which is built on seven hills because we all know Rome has those seven hills, those famous seven hills. Look it up. So get into verse 10. Verse 10. There are also seven kings, five have fallen, one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. So basically, some commentators, they explain that these seven kings are seven forms of Roman government. Others would explain it as seven literal emperors. Okay. Others say that the kings represent great world powers. Now that's where I'm leaning. Okay. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome and the future revived Roman Empire. All right. Hopefully we will not see that because we could be gone. Right? Amen. Um, well, we won't see it from here. We won't see it from here. I'd rather have a bird's eye view. Catch my point. Um, to see that. I don't need to see it full place like a whole cinema movie you know happening like wow that I'm in I want to be in it birds have you for me so chapter sorry chapter still 17 verse 11 verse 11 where it says the beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition Okay, so the eighth king has been variously identified as the head of the revived Roman Empire and the Antichrist. 
The exact meaning of this prophecy may never be fully clear until it is fulfilled. Because look what it says. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition. It almost sounds like it's a riddle, but it's like, okay, what now? This is going to come with much prayer. So if we're thinking about John, and in his day, when he sees his vision, the beast that was, so it had to have been before, right? Before John. And at the time that he sees his vision, and is not, so not right now, right? It was, but it's not right now. Is himself also the eighth and is of the seven? That's where I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Is himself also the eighth and is of the seven? I get the part where he's going to perdition, but is also the eighth and is of the seven? Prayer. I said prayer. It may not fully be clear until it is fulfilled. But if we go on to verse 12, the ten horns may symbolize the future kings who will serve under the Roman beast. They will rule for one hour. That is just a short time, just a short period of time. Verse 13, the ten kings unanimously yield their power and authority to the Roman beast. In other words, ten countries or governments will surrender their national sovereignty to him. Verse 14, this 10 kingdom empire goes to war against the Lord Jesus when he returns to earth at the time at the end of tribulation. But they meet there um, in this battle at the Waterloo. Though, though he is the lamb, he is also Lord of Lord and King of Kings. His followers, followers are called chosen and faithful. Okay. So going on to 15, the angel goes on to explain that the waters in verse 1 are people's multitudes, nations, and tongues. The harlot sits on waters in the sense that she dominates a vast uh, segment of the population. Okay? Okay. Verse 16. It appears that the revived Roman Empire is allowing her itself to be controlled or at least influenced by the harlot church just for a while then however it is thrown off this intolerable yoke and destroys her the hated harlot is stripped consumed and burned by the beats on which she sat so verse 17 it says for god has put it in their hearts to fulfill his purpose to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. 
God is behind the scene of all of this. So it is he who causes the kingdoms to unite under the Roman beast and then to turn against the harlot. It is all to fulfill his sovereign purpose. So verse 18, and the woman whom you saw is the great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. So that great city is Mystery Babylon, ruling over the kings of the earth. But as we have seen, the woman has her headquarters in Rome. Y'all join me next time when we go over the fall of Babylon the Great. That is what's to come. And how the morn mourns Babylon's fall. And then this final of Babylon's fall. All of that next week. Revelation 18. Go in peace. Pray, meditate, speak to our Father. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. He truly does. There is no sin that you could have ever done that he will not forgive. The only sin I know that is unforgivable is blaspheme the Holy Spirit. what we don't want to do. I mean, we don't want to sin, period. But when we talk about forgiving and unforgiveness was not a pardonable sin, we don't want to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, go in peace, go in love, and we will be next week, God willing chapter 18 in Revelation.